You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. The round table is back, and no, I am not talking about a pizza place. I am talking about four Sacramento Kings media members joining me for a roundtable discussion about Marvin Bagley, his future with the Sacramento Kings, and all of the drama surrounding Bagley and his camp. It's on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On rooms. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six, nearly seven years. This will be season number eight for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And one thing I'll always be thankful for about my career and about the Sacramento Kings Kings is it's connected me with so many different great people, whether they're Kings fans, listeners like yourself, or different media members. That's why I am so excited to have back on Locked On Kings with me today, Jill Adge. You heard her on the uh, the first Locked On Kings roundtable, but she's the only returner. I have three new voices, but voices and names you should recognize, including Damian Barling, Chris Watkins, and Bryant West. I think you'll really enjoy our conversation about Marvin Bagley and a bunch of different opinions. So without further ado, let's get into this Locked on Kings roundtable. The first one was so successful, we had to do another Locked on Kings roundtable here. One familiar face from last time. I'll introduce her in just a second, but I'm excited to bring in three new faces here in the Sacramento media scene. And today is going to be largely about one Marvin Bagley. If you haven't been following all the news, the drama surrounding Bagley, uh, lucky you, I guess I'll say we're here to ruin it for you and play spoiler a a little bit, but, uh, There is plenty to talk about when it comes to Marvin. Many questions about whether or not Marvin is going to be a king at the start of next season. I'm sure we will discuss that on today's Lockdown Roundtable. But I'm going to introduce everybody uh, one at a time with their own individual question. Most of them not having anything to do with Marvin Bagley. And I'll actually start with Chris Watkins from Sports 1140 KHTK. You can also hear him with Franklin Cardicelli on the Return of the Roar podcast. And Chris... We are now four games into the NBA Finals, even now at 2-2. Two to two. Has your uh, your pick changed? Who are you picking, and has it changed now that the Bucs have made a bit of a comeback? Yeah, uh, first off, thanks for having me on, Matt. I'm excited to do this. Uh, second off, uh, yeah, I mean, going in, I was definitely, especially with Giannis's injury, I, I really didn't see much of a chance uh, for Milwaukee to pull through, especially after going up 2-0. Um, but with how, how well Giannis has looked these past two games with how the, the role players have really stepped up uh, heading into Milwaukee, I'm not really sure if I'm willing to, to put my stamp on Suns or Bucks in six or seven, um, but I am really, really excited to see what happens. Um, I, I think uh, Milwaukee is definitely more than capable of, of uh, turning this series completely around, and, and they could win in six, man. It, it's been really exciting. Also joining us, I think it's the first time ever having him on Locked On Kings programming, which is a fail on my part, but is Bryant West from the Kings Herald. Uh, you can also 
uh, hear him on the King's Pulse podcast from time to time, our, our resident expert, especially with, uh, with the King's Herald when it comes to the draft. And Bryant, who is your favorite prospect for the Sacramento Kings and why is it Moses Moody? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. And you already know my answer. It is Moses Moody. Um, I think he's the top three and D player in the Kings range. Um, I think he would be a fantastic addition on both ends, a dude who can really help space the floor for De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton and really help shore up our, our really bad defense. Um, I think he's a very capable shooter, great rebounder for his position, strong enough on both ends of the court. I think uh, to me, he's the best uh, immediate impact player available at nine and probably has an underrated ceiling too. So I hope that's how it goes on draft night. And then also joining us, he looks forward to doing the Locked on Kings podcast, seeing me or talking to me as many chances as he gets the opportunity to. It is the D-Lo and D-Lo and KC on ESPN 1320. Also, you can hear him on the Hoop Ball podcast or the Kings podcast for uh, for Hoop Ball. It is Damian Barling back with me. D-Lo, uh, I know you have been following these NBA finals closely. I, I think you're a massive fan of Monty Williams and what he's done with the Phoenix Suns. Are you able to enjoy what Monty is doing with Phoenix without the sting of the Kings didn't even give him an interview when they had the chance a couple of years ago? Yeah, absolutely. I am. Uh, I root for his success. You know me, I like to root for players in the league. And obviously I cheer on the Sacramento Kings and want them to do well, but I try to recognize great players, great coaches, great people across the league. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Monty Williams. I was a huge fan of Monty Williams before he was the Phoenix Suns head coach. I was a huge fan of Monty Williams just as I started to learn about him in the league. He's so uh, well-respected by other coaches in the league. He's so well-respected by players that he coached and players that he didn't coach. So, yeah, I can absolutely enjoy Phoenix's success and enjoy Monty Williams' success without being hurt. Every once in a while, I may make a snide remark on social media, but that has more to do with my lack of love for Luke Walton than anything else. But yeah, I absolutely enjoy Monty Williams and and I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm rooting for Phoenix to win, but I would certainly be very happy for him and Chris Paul as well if, if Phoenix were able to get this thing done. Well, the last roundtable we had was talking about Luke Walton and the Kings decision to commit to him for at least one more season. Jill Adge was a part of that roundtable. I had to have her back. She is also on the uh, the Hoopball Kings podcast with Damian Barling. Turns out I just kind of stole one of their recent shows or their most recent show as the two of them had Bryant West on. So Locked on Kings just snuck their way into that and invited Chris Watkins along. Uh, but I'm excited to have uh, Jill back here. And, and Jill, you and I, we've had conversations on Twitter and in person over the years about how many Sacramento Kings players we've watched or former Sacramento Kings players we've watched flourish or or go on to play in the playoffs and be super successful. Is Bogdan Bogdanovich and what he did for the Atlanta Hawks this year, the most painful out of them, or is it just because it's recent memory? Um, I would say recency bias might be a thing, but I would say, I mean, because the closest one probably outside of him is Boogie at this point. And unfortunately, him getting there has been injured. So you you aren't able to see the the DeMarcus Cousins, you know, that we saw here. Um, he was on that track and, you know, in New Orleans before he went down and they were on their way to the playoffs and all that. But, the, you know, and um, his injuries went there. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's more frustrating in that we spent so many years watching him in Europe doing these things, right. And winning championships. And we were like, yes, we're 
he's coming here. We're getting him. Maybe he will be part of a piece that finally, you know, ends this route and takes it to the next level. Well, that didn't happen. And his first year away from us, right? He shows us what he showed us in Europe. So while the rest of, you know, NBA fans are, oh my gosh, how did the Kings let him go? Where did this guy come from? He's been doing it his whole career. He was just on the Kings for three years, right? So it's, you know, it wasn't anything new, but yeah, it hurt seeing him, him do it. I'm not so sure how much of a difference it would have made here. We probably would have made the play in. I don't know how much more than that, at least it would have been, but I guess at least we could have said the play in, um, but one of Damien and I's worries, right. When we had talked about this at the beginning of the season and that contract and already having players that were injured and a lot of money attached to them, um, our worry with him was injury and right. So he had that injury stint with Atlanta, unfortunately, while he was there, but was able to come back at the best time. And, you know, that's sometimes that's all it takes. And he was able to help Atlanta, um, you know, uh, flourish in the playoffs. So yeah, it hurts, but I think it hurts worse because we're in a 15 year drought and it's recent. (laughs) I hate you for Um, not asking me that question. You should have (laughs) asked me that question because the answer would have been so different. It was tactical. It was a tactical question. I'm I'm actually sitting here fuming at you for asking Joe that question and not me. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, D'Lo, we're talking about uh, Marvin Bagley here. So uh, if anybody wants to hear D'Lo talk about that, D'Lo and Casey, you can hear. Uh, this is going to lead the show tomorrow. I was talking at ask Matt George. You really pissed me off. Let me tell you what he did. Like Matt pissed you off. What is it? That's just another day. It's yeah, <laughs> just, just, just a regular day. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Greenroom is the perfect place to start or join conversations around and about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Greenroom for watch parties, perfect for the NBA Finals, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find locked on hosts across the the NBA, MLB, NHL. Uh, we did a live draft lottery kind of post show on Green Room that was really, really successful. Done a lot of locked on shows on Green Room that you can be a part of. And Locked On Kings will be coming to Green Room in the near future. Go download the free Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS and Android devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues, and I can't wait to join you all in the app i'll let you know when the locked on kings room goes live download the green room app today green room changing the way we talk sports well guys uh let's talk about this uh marvin bagley chaotic weird overblown maybe situation that's happened here uh, it really started, I guess, at the start of this season or early this season with tweets from the Team Bagley account. It's escalated into um, Marvin liking things on social media, changing his bio, and then taking to his own podcast that he created for a explanation that really made sense to absolutely no one except for the people defending him who are around him. Uh, so I'll kind of start with a really broad question. We'll probably work our way in or really specific right out of the gate. Is Marvin Bagley going to be a Sacramento King by the start of next season, do you think? And whoever wants to jump in to start that. 
I'll start no. off with <laughs> I'll start off with I don't know that it's necessarily recent because when Jaeger was a coach, we had the coach yogurt jokes, you know, going on from that stuff. So um at this point it's hard to see, but he I also know he has eleven million dollars attached to him. So I I won't be shocked if that ends up being the reason that they end up having to play at least maybe half the season out, you know, or until the trade deadline, if they some somehow come to an agreement behind the scenes that, you know, we're going to work with you on maybe finding a destination, but realize it might take, you know, part of this year so that it's not necessarily, um, if they're going to be taking on that kind of money, um, can you stay healthy right for half of the season can we you know will we get to see you on the court things like that but it, then at that point that's kind of what the kings are waiting for too right him being on the court so then they have to swallow that pill that okay maybe he's finally healthy and on the court and now you're giving him away so it's to me it's a no-win situation but um at some point I'm over the drama and all of this stuff. I just want to focus on basketball at this point. Um, and if it's an issue in the locker room, make the decision. If not, I'm, I'm not really worried about what fans and, you know, that kind of stuff um, feel about the situation. Cause at the end of the day, it's about the guys in the locker room and, and on the court. That's a good point. Like if it's not an issue in the locker room, Chris Bryant, like who cares? Like, who cares what we think? Like, it's content yeah. for us. We get to talk about it. But if it's not an issue with De'Aaron and Tyrese and the guys that he plays with, figure it out. That's it's it's his job to figure out. Money doesn't have to make a deal unless the deal is out there for him to make. I don't. I'm not of the belief that he has to get Marvin Bagley off the franchise for all you know at all costs. If he doesn't want to be here, fam, that's 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 your issue. If you played better, I'd have no problem trading you, but they're offering me second round picks. I'm not trading you for second round picks. I'm going to trade you for something that's going to make my team better. If not, you're going to make my team better. And if you don't want to, if you want to be injured all next year, great. Peep how Willie Cauley Stein's career has worked out since he left here. He's been signing league minimum deals. So if you have this like grand illusion that you're going to go out there and get this big, massive contract while tanking your last year here, that's not going to happen. And I don't think Marvin thinks that way. I, I, I can't, I mean, I can't, I have, I, I don't know him. I don't know his team at all, but I don't believe any of that stuff like it, it is, is, is a thing. Uh, but if I had to sit down and have a frank conversation with Marvin, that's how it would go. If there's a deal out there to be made that improves the Sacramento Kings, I'll make it. If not prepare to bust your ass next year. Now, if it is an issue in the locker room, then it's an entirely different story and you got to work with that. But by all outward appearances, Bryant, Chris, maybe you guys could speak to this better. I don't think that there is one. Yeah, I have no idea about how the his teammates are handling this in the locker room. Um, I agree with you that if there is no issue in the locker room, like there's no onus to trade him. But at the same time, if Marvin hadn't been injured right before the trade deadline last year, would he still be a king? I don't even know that we'd be having this conversation. Um, like we've been talking about hypothetical trades involving Bagley for a year now. And as Darren Fox would point out, like those are conversations happening outside of the locker room. What's it matter what we say? I agree with Damien there, but at the same time, like none of this is a surprise. I just can't bring myself to care. If, even if he wants out of Sacramento, 
it, that's not a surprise. That's been a talking point for two years now. Um, the only part of this whole drama that disappoints me is somebody who armchair scouted him when he was in college and thought he was going to be a really strong NBA player. The part that disappoints me is that he's putting the blame of his disappointing career on the Sacramento organization. Aside from the injuries, which we all know is out of everybody's control, I think Bagley needs to take some personal responsibility for his own growth as a player. Like he may want to say that he's an NBA starter who deserves NBA starter minutes, but he sure did not prove that on a night to night basis last year. Um, and I get that some of what he needs to improve at, honestly, pretty much all of the things that he's needed to improve at since he came out of Duke are things that he'd only get better at with a ton of minutes. So on that aspect, I get the frustration, but when in the aspects of his career that he can control, I don't think he's handled it well. So I hope at this point he gets traded to an organization with a real head coach and a developmental staff that'll make him take a real honest look at what he needs to improve at, because I hope he has a long, healthy career and gets the development he needs to make that happen. But I mean, if Marvin truly thinks that the only two reasons that he's not a star right now is that he's a Sacramento King and he's had some injury, bad luck, like he needs somebody in his life to help him realize that's just not true. And at this point to get those minutes, it seems like he'd have to go to another tanking team like uh, Orlando Magic or something like that, where he's actually going to get the minutes and not someone that's necessarily fighting for a playoff spot because I don't necessarily think that he'd be even starting yet on that just because of such a small sample size that, that he has shown in this point, regardless of you being a number two pick. Yeah, team like You OK. look at the Jabari sure. Parkers and things like that, where unfortunately injuries can, you know, derail you, like whether it's fair or not, or what you were maybe promised coming in or not, things change. Um, directions of organizations change, right? And to, to Brian's point that at some point that realization has to happen on his end. Yeah, I definitely agree with a lot of the things you guys are saying. I think uh, the thing that really frustrates me the most about this whole situation too, is if you're giving up on Marvin now, which you would essentially be doing if you trade him, because you're not, you're not going to get anything substantial in return. It's just giving up on, on the asset and it's not off of, a on the court basketball decision for him to be moved because of all of this drama. I, I just don't know if that's necessarily how organization, you know, if, if that really is going to seep into uh, a franchise's decision to actually move the player, just because he, at the end of the day, he liked to tweet. And, um, you know, as like you guys stated earlier, as fans, as content creators, as people in this, this, you know, spinning wheel it's great for us it's conversation but does this actually affect the locker room does do they even care I, I really don't think so um but it, it at this point we're kind of just we're in wait and see mode with with what they're actually going to do yeah and at the end of the day I think it's about right minutes like we've heard that before not playing in the fourth quarter minutes it's not even necessarily even about the organization or what the organization's done it's he seems him or his you know his dad is him whatever seems to not be happy with his current role right with the team or his hierarchy maybe in in areas because we've seen it between 
you know, the family members between them and Fox and things like that. Not even necessarily that is between him and Fox. They seem to be, seem to be fine, right? They've been doing podcasts with each other and different things, you know, over the off season. There we go. <laughs> um, but to me, it just screams like it's, they, they want, he wants a different role, right? And like Brian said, that we've been, that there seems to be behind the scenes, this conversation going on of him being in trade talks and him being, things outside of the fan base um that may be similar to buddy healed like at this point they just want it done and they want to want to move on and whether that's fair or not you know they're on contracts too so you're looking at ben simmons right now right is he going to get traded or not he was thrown into the hard and stuff last year and he had to keep playing and had to go play in the playoffs um it's a business and so that's a hard thing for young guys to learn, but at the end of the day, it's you can be talked about in trades all you want, and you can still be playing on the you know your current team for years. Like there's nothing that says we have to trade you, or we have to give you this, or we have to give you that. Can it be uncomfortable? Sure. And at that point, it's up to the Kings on, um, like we said again, if there is something that's uncomfortable, it's it's up to Monty and them to figure out the best way forward. This might be the blind optimist kind of spin on things, which would be very on brand for me, but I wonder if it's a position of power or a better position for the Sacramento Kings with Monty McNair being in charge and being a guy that has had no connection with Marvin Bagley in terms of he wasn't the guy that drafted him versus if Vladi were still here, even if ownership is, at the level of involvement that maybe we think they are, they're trying to fight to save face with this number two pick. And they're aware what that draft class has done. Monty's come in, he absorbed this roster and said, well, I have this guy I can do with him what I want. I'm going to trade him for value if, if I can get it, but holding on to him in, in a desperate attempt to try and make it work. I, I don't have to worry about anything like that. I wonder if that's a position of power for him when it comes to just situations like this. Yeah, I think there's probably something to that because you could spin it the other way and say, if you're Monty McNair, I've got to rid this organization as many things of Vlade Divac as I possibly can. And Marvin would definitely be the most glaring of all of those things. So I, I think there is probably some some credence to what you just said. I don't know if power is the right term, but he he certainly has a level of disconnect from Marvin. And like you laid out, I, I didn't draft Marvin. I didn't screw it up. Wasn't me. I like Trey. I like Luca. I like this player. I like that player. Hell, I might have messed it up with Jaron Jackson. I like you. you I, I think that's a. I think that's a, a, a solid point there. It's an emotional disconnect that Monty McNair has. I don't. I don't know that front offices or that uh, ownership is involved or anything along those lines. Uh, I, I would hope that Monty McNair has full autonomy to to handle this roster as best as he can. That's what you brought him in here for. Uh, but I think that's a that's a solid point right there. Vladi might have more of a, oh, we've got to make this work. We've got to make this work. We're going to do everything we can to make this work. Whereas Monty, like, ain't my problem. I didn't do it. Yeah, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. A blessing in the sense of like, you know, like you said, he's not really attached. You know, he, he, he's not just going to try and hold on to the guy just because he really, really wants to be right about it. But it's also a curse because, you know, he, he's he's not attached. And it, mm -hmm. he's really like, look, at this point, we just need to cut this out. And whatever we can get is gravy. Look, I mean, as Kings fans, we're all emotionally attached. 
to Marvin, the number two pick and seeing that value go, it's not going to be easy for a lot of people to swallow. It's not going to be easy for me to swallow. That's Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And of course, a loyal sponsor here of the Locked On Kings podcast. If you haven't tried a Built Bar, you're truly missing out. I am a picky eater. I've always been a picky eater, especially when it comes to protein-based products. If you've seen me and you know what I look like, you know I need more protein in my diet. But I had a really hard time finding a protein bar, protein shake, any protein-based food that really was good to me. I'm very, very picky. But when I tried Built Bar for the first time, all of that changed. Why? Because like I just told you, it felt like I was eating a candy bar. And even better, they had my favorite flavor on the planet, which is mint brownie. That is one of their amazing flavors, including coconut, uh, raspberry, double chocolate, strawberry, orange, and many more. You can try all these flavors right now uh, by getting their Built Box on Built.com. And check this out. All of these bars are around 17 to 18 grams in protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. Today's Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Did you know on Bet Online right now, you can bet on the NBA draft? If you have a good gut feeling about who the Kings are taking at number nine, assuming they keep the pick, you can make that bet right now on Bet Online. You can also bet that Cade Cunningham goes number one overall. You're going to have to put up a lot of money to make a little bit of money, but if you feel like that's a lock, hey, that's easy money right in your pocket. Uh, with baseball season, going on right now of course the NBA finals you can get all of the action on bet online so make sure you head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information check out the prop bets as well they're a lot of fun and take advantage of our locked on bets show here on the locked on podcast network a free resource to help you make money on bet online Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So looking at just this entire situation, actually, Jill, you've been following really closely groups of Kings over the offseason who have been working out together. And we've seen Marvin Bagley amongst those groups that include Luke Walton, who allegedly his campus had a problem with and includes a lot of his teammates. Does that encourage you, Jill and, and Bryant, Damian, Chris, does that encourage you at all that Bagley is continuing to work with all this going on? Or is that what you would expect out of a player during the offseason? I think it is. And he's still there right now. I mean, at least according to photos, you know, but I mean, as we know that some of those can be old things, right. But seemingly he's still there with Rico when Bobby was there, they were putting on camps and you had people from, uh, the Rockets, you had a uh, Kenyon Martin jr. Who they drafted right. And traded away, um, was there working out, but, but I think that goes to the point to show, yes, these guys are putting in the work, but they seemingly have no issue with, you know, with each other, that at the end of the day, they're all out there doing a job. And as much as we talk about this and we can be emotional, I don't have anything against the kid. I think he's a good kid. Like Chris said, at the end of the day, he liked to tweet. Like I'm not, I'm not one that's saying I'm going to attend a game next year. If he's still on the team and I'm going to boo him because at the end of the day, he's on the team. I want him to succeed. I know if he's, if he's on this team, I need him to succeed for this team to finally succeed um 
it's just we're put in you know kind of awkward situations where as fans we're emotional and it's to me I'm like he he didn't like a tweet that said Sacramento sucks and their fans you know are horrible it was yeah I, w- I want to get out and I want to be in the playoffs and I get that as a competitor but on the other side other side of that like we said you have to do things on your end right to get to those to get to that spot look at Fox he spent five years you know healthy and is still trying to get to the playoffs on this team so you know nothing's given to you um but yeah it's I think them being together they're they're doing what they're supposed to be doing that's how like you know they're putting in the work that's as a fan that's what I like to see and all I can ask for. I know they all have, you know, outside lives and things like that. But to me, that just goes to show that it's at the end of the day, these guys are out there putting in their work. They're fine with each other and, and they're, they're doing what they need to do. Yeah. You can both be happy that Marvin Bagley is practicing with the team and think that it's something that you should be expected of any player at this point. Right. Um, Like, I'm not going to lie and say that it wasn't a little surprising to see that, but it's good. I mean, he's a Sacramento King until he's traded. Um, and just because he wants to like dudes want to get traded all the time. Doesn't mean they hate their teammates. Doesn't mean that they're not going out and practicing with NBA players. So it's both expected and a good thing that he's going to be treating this as a job, whether he gets until he gets traded or not. I know we all still see the value and the potential of Marvin Bagley. He's a walking double-double, really, if he can stay on the floor. And looking at the Kings cap situation with this entire offseason, I mean, the Kings might be forced into a position where they cannot re-sign Rashawn Holmes, and Marvin Bagley is their best option for starting center uh, next season. So if that scenario were to play out where maybe the Kings weren't able to move off of his money or Buddy's money or anybody like that, and Marvin is the the starting center going into next year. Are you, are any of you not okay with that? Are you okay with that? Do you think that helps the Kings ultimately reach that goal of making the playoffs this year? I don't have a problem with it. I like the idea. Sorry, Chris, like him playing at a five. Yeah. Why not do something a little bit different? Um, I, I, the frustrating part, the most frustrating part with Marvin Bagley, and it always boils down to the same thing is his ability to stay on the floor. That's it. The talent is there. I don't think there's much question about that. Like now he hasn't been on the floor long enough for us to determine like what level of talent, like what Willie Cauley Stein, it was like, no, Willie can do some stuff out there on the floor, but what do you want him to do? Because I feel like fans always expected more from him with Marvin. It's like, well, we just want him to be healthy. Okay. Well, when he's on the floor, he's 14 and seven. Is is that enough? Or when he does stay healthy, are you going to want more? Can he get more from that center position? Does that center position open up the floor a little bit more for the Sacramento Kings? I, If put into that position, I, I, I like the idea. Give it a shot. See what happens. Yeah, I've always yeah. liked Marvin Bagley. I'm sorry, Chris. That's Chris, nice you're never going to get to talk. Just no, sit there fine. and be pretty, you know dude. That's it's, all it's you're all here good. for. Yeah. Just I'm here sorry, to be pretty. Chris. It's totally fine. It is totally fine. Go ahead, Brian. Um, I've always liked the idea of Marvin Bagley as a small ball center. Like, that was my favorite um, – version of him coming out of college a dude who's you know with his legitimate size and and speed and athletic ability like he's going to be quicker than 90 percent of centers in this league um so i've always kind of envisioned him 
taking that step. So if if the Kings are uh, left at the center position with only Marvin Bagley, like there's worse outcomes. I'll tell you that they can't be their only center. Like you cannot go and his injury history will make that just a complete absolute no if the Kings want to pretend they're going to make the playoffs next year. Coming up next week, we discuss <laughs> Nerland's Noel on the Locked on Kings podcast. Please, please, no. <laughs> I am down for that. I'll be there. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I mean, I really don't even need to say anything because I completely agree with both of you too. I, I've always env- envisioned Marvin's future at the center. I think it's just a matter of time. I think that's where he has to play in today's NBA. Um it's kind of weird. It like, it took me back to like when the Kings were trying to play uh, DeMarcus and Samuel down at the same time when it's like, I, I understand like you feel like this guy can't survive by himself. The good old days. But you just can't do this. Like you're just going to get absolutely murdered. Um, so I, I would, I would welcome it. I think it'd be interesting. Uh, defensively, we would need a whole lot of help, but uh, I think, you know, with, with Marvin's talent and what he could do offensively, I would, I would absolutely be welcome to see it. Um, like Brian said, I think, I think there's definitely worse outcomes uh, that you could have. Well, wrap I'm up. sad Jill didn't keep the bit going and interrupt Chris. I know. It's all right. Thank <laughs> you, Jill. I appreciate it. Thank you. Jill. We'll wrap up with this, uh, taking away all of the off-court drama, really including the strange Marvin Bagley leaving the team after he got hurt. And of course the injuries are, are disappointing, but looking at the season that Marvin Bagley had last year and looking at how he improved or grew in different areas of his game from the start of the season, to the end of the season, I was really pleased. I thought with the, the development uh, of his outside shot, he seemed to be shooting it with confidence. We want the percentage to come up, but it looked better Uh, defensively. We knew it was a struggle at the beginning. Teams were targeting him. It seemed like he was figuring it out more and more and figuring out how to get himself into the flow of the offense, get his game there. So we'll wrap up with just your guys, general opinions on taking away the drama what Marvin was able to do last season and whether or not that gives you optimism heading into this, his fourth season already, which is crazy to think about. I'm pretty optimistic about his offense, like seeing him improve to being a legitimately all right, outside shooter. Like the the dude was really figuring out what he needed to do on offense. It, It just comes down to his defense. Like I know that that is the skill that you cannot just pick up watching the game uh, from home or practicing on your own court, but like it all comes down to him figuring out how to be at least an average NBA defender. And that's going to, that was why I wasn't quite so optimistic at the end of the season. As Jill would say, you don't have to be good. Just don't be horrible. Just be average. We ha- we had the graph. Well, Just be average, and we would have been perfectly fine. <laughs> don't be, only a don't few be kings. history worst, and you're okay. Yeah, there <laughs> were only a few kings who weren't horrible last year in defense. What was Walton's request? Two dribbles? Just two oh, dribbles? Oh, gosh. Stay in front of two dribbles? Yeah. But, yeah, what Brian said, I think that's kind of – it's almost how the NBA is described right now. Like his off in the, for the amount of games that he's played in the three years, everything on the offensive side has, you know, increased has, has gone up, right. He's improved almost in every area, um, including in, you know, his three point percentage from his first year was three point, uh, 31%. And last year it was almost 35%. So, I mean, 
he's not on the core, right? All that much, but you're seeing on the offensive side, him and improving, but that's also where it hurts you on the de- the defensive side. I think that's where you need those development minutes, right? Um, he, we, he, and that was part of his thing coming out of college too, right? His offensive game is there. It's, we had to play zone because we weren't that great on defense at, you know, at Duke. So it's, that's always kind of been his Achilles heel, you know, as you say, his weakness that, um, I, I'm not sure I, I would hope that stuff's, I don't even know what you can do in the off season to try and improve that, but I think really the only way you're going to improve that is consistency. And unfortunately that's staying on the court. Right. Um, and we I'm don't amused because if... I know Matt's sweating and Jill's still talking <laughs> yep. and that yep. clock is ticking down <laughs> quickly at the top it. of the screen. <laughs> I wasn't even looking at that. <laughs> is our defense going to change again? Right. We don't even know about our defensive coach yet. <laughs> get it in there, Jill, get it in. Go ahead, Matt. Take it from here. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much as we are up against it. I hate doing a podcast on the clock, but hence the software that we're using, we're, we're forced to, I, I want to do this. Sheepskate. Again. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Next time we're doing it without Damien Barling for myself, <laughs> but I appreciate all you guys joining me. Thank you so much. And hopefully uh, whether Marvin Bagley's on the Kings or not next season, it'll ultimately be a positive experience for the Kings. But I think we'd all agree that letting Marvin go for rags and getting really nothing in return would be uh, would be a struggle. So guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure to have Chris, Damian, Jill, and Bryant joining me. I look forward to having them all back on again, whether it's on a, another round table or individually here. Great friends and guests on the Locked on Kings podcast. I hope you enjoyed that round table. If you want to add to our discussion, you can do so. Reach out to me on Twitter at MattGeorgeRadio. You can email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Give us your thoughts on this Marvin Bagley situation. We want to hear them. And of course, you can find Chris, Damian, and Bryant uh, easily on Kings Twitter and all over Sacramento Kings social media. That will do it for today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. I'm hoping to be joined by Jason Jones of The Athletic on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kings, but we haven't quite ironed out a time just yet. Jason just got back from a little trip, so I'm sure he's jet lagged and trying to get back into the swing of things, so hopefully that will happen. If not, I will make sure to push it to next week or definitely in the near future, so I hope you will join me for that. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.